What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to preview all the matchups around the SEC in Week 2, including some big match matchups in conference and out of conference. We'll also ask our buddy Taylor McArg if Texas has any shot to beat Alabama. Also get his thoughts on Georgia and Florida. And we'll give you our picks for this weekend. Is anybody on upset alert? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Lockdown SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Lockdown SEC your first listen every day. And a reminder uh, Lockdown SEC free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at lockedonsec.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. Oh, uh, yeah. One of the more nationally anticipated games of the year happening this weekend as the Alabama Crimson Tide, number one in the country, going out to Austin to take on the Texas Longhorns. Of course, it's going to be a noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central kickoff on Fox. Crimson Tide, of course, led by Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young. He had five touchdown passes and a run for a touchdown in a 55-0 win over Utah State last week. He got the Georgia transfer, Jermaine Burton, fitting in nicely, catching two of those touchdown passes. Treshawn Holden had two of those touchdown passes. Kobe Prentice had uh, five catches for 60 yards. And new running back, Jameer Gibbs, ran for 93 yards. The Alabama defense did not record a sack last week. It was mostly due to Utah State's game plan of getting the ball out of their quarterback's hands very quickly before guys like Will Anderson can wreak havoc. But Texas does have some big play potential. When you talk about Quinn Ewers, who is one of the top quarterback recruits, B. John Robinson is one of the best running backs in the country, Xavier Worthy, a really good wide receiver for Texas. Nick Saban talking with the media this week said, you know, Coach Bear Bryant had a saying, you never know what a horse can pull it until you give him a heavy load referring to uh, their practice week this week. Uh, translation from that, probably the Crimson Tide getting pushed very hard this week, heading out on their first road test of the season. Now, Nick Saban yesterday also said, everybody has heard we are 20-point favorites in this game. The last time we were 20-point favorites and we went to Texas, we got our butts kicked. Saban, of course, talking about Alabama's 41-38 loss at Texas A&M last season. So a reminder of that one, even though you're uh, playing a different team, same state, don't want to go over there and feel cocky, feel full of yourselves, go out there and take care of business. We'll talk a little bit more on that game in a bit. Inside the SEC, we're going to get a fun one between the Gamecocks and the Razorbacks, each coming off uh, noteworthy wins in week one. Game's going to kick off at noon Eastern on ESPN. These two teams have not met since 2017. That was a game... South Carolina won 48-22 in Columbia. Now, the two coaches in that game were Will Muschamp and Brett Bielema. Uh, Arkansas does lead the all-time series 13-10, but South Carolina has won three in a row in the series. Some questions for both teams. For the South Carolina Gamecocks, it's their offensive line. They've got to look better this week. Uh, against Georgia State, they did not look great, struggled to run the ball. 
Struggled to protect Spencer Rattler for Arkansas. They got some injuries on that defense from Jalen Catalan, Miles Slusher, and uh, look, Cincinnati moved the ball through the air pretty consistently on Arkansas. Can they improve there? Shane Beamer speaking on his coach's show the other night. He did say that they're going to get a chance to see transfer running back Christian Beal Smith this weekend against Arkansas. Beal Smith is a transfer from Wake Forest, rushed for 600 yards and seven touchdowns last year. Been dealing with a foot injury the last few weeks, but sounds like he is ready to go. Kentucky and Florida, that's the other conference game we're going to be watching this weekend. And Kentucky linebacker J.J. Weaver, he is not biting his tongue once again. I don't know if you guys remember, but he made a comment a while back about saying he would lock down tight end Kyle Pitts before the Kentucky defense allowed five receptions for 99 yards and three touchdowns in 2020. Weaver is back uh, being asked about Anthony Richardson, complimented him saying he's a good quarterback, but then went on to say he won't be able to run around and gash the Wildcats defense like he did last week against Utah. Anthony Richardson was very impressive in week one. He scored three touchdowns with his legs and was a force, but there is good news for the Kentucky defense. Six-year senior linebacker Jordan Wright is going to be available to play this weekend. Kentucky will be still down Chris Rodriguez in the run game, but getting back Jordan Wright is going to help the uh, their defense. Of course, he missed last week's opener. Uh, in week one, Kentucky's other ball carriers accounted for 68 yards on 19 carries. Again, they are missing Chris Rodriguez. But in the Stoops era, Kentucky's road trips to Florida have alternated between close contests like in 2014 and 2018 to a couple of blowouts in 2016 and 2020. It's a revenge game for the Gators in front of a sold-out crowd in the Swamp. Kentucky won last year 20-13 in Lexington, but they needed to hang on for dear life for the win. Give you our game prediction, score prediction coming up in a little bit. Meanwhile, Tennessee taking on a familiar foe. They were in this spot a year ago. The Volunteers opened last season on a Thursday night with a blowout win over a MAC team. Last season was Bowling Green. This season, it was Ball State. They lost in Week 2 at home to Pittsburgh after jumping out to a 10-0 lead. The Vols gave up 27 points in the second quarter and never recovered in a 41-34 loss. It was the first loss uh, with Josh Heupel taking over at Tennessee. But the Vols, if they had won that game, their season probably would have looked a little bit differently. So Heupel is uh, saying he doesn't mind his players being fueled by that loss this week as they get ready to take on Pitt on a nationally televised game. He said, look, whatever gets them in the building to watch more tape, I'm all for it. Last year's game has nothing to do with this year's game, but there's certainly a sense of urgency around here. Unlike last season's game where both teams were unranked, this time they're ranked. The Vols are 24, and Pitt is number 17 in the AP poll. Quarterback Hendon Hooker, he's probably going to play this whole game this week. Uh, Cedric Tillman, Brew McCoy, they are going to be issues for that Pitt secondary, and Pitt's defensive line, they didn't do too well stopping the run against uh, West Virginia. Tennessee, Jabari Small, and Jalen Wright. We'll see what they're able to do against that defensive line, but I think this one's going to be a shootout. We'll give you a pick on that one coming up in our final segment. And Mississippi State, they are looking to head out to Arizona, trying to get their second win of the season. And apparently there's a lot of Bulldogs that are going to be heading out on the road. Uh, Arizona AD Dave Heek. Uh, announced that 41,000 tickets have been sold and that the university expects a large number of Mississippi State fans coming out to Arizona. 
and cowbells are going to be allowed. The Bulldogs uh, are going to uh, fans are going to be allowed to ring their cowbells. So the Arizona uh, players they've been preparing for that. And by the way, the Bulldogs kicking off a two-week road stretch, traveling first to Tucson, and then they're going to head to Baton Rouge next week to open up SEC play against LSU. But listen for those cowbells clanging late Saturday night. One quick note, the uh, SEC Network is going to have a presence on a couple different campuses coming up on Saturday morning. Marty and McGee will be in Nashville ahead of Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. And then the uh, Paul Feinbaum Show uh, also going to be live there. Uh, out in Gainesville, Tim Tebow, he's going to be on site for Kentucky at Florida. Uh, he'll be joined by Joe Tessitore and Greg McElroy. And then in Austin, Texas for Bama, Texas, Roman Harper will be out there uh, joined by Pete Thamel. So a lot of the guys from the SEC Network kind of spread out, getting ready for the big matchups happening this weekend. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to catch up with our buddy Taylor McCarg and preview some of the games happening this weekend. But first, I want to remind you guys, Bet Online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information throughout the year. You can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including all the games happening this weekend. In fact, we're going to give you the lines coming up in segment three, all the latest Bet Online uh, betting odds or betting lines on the SEC games. And Bet Online, your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, scores. It is your fastest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head on over to their website today. You could do so on your mobile device. Learn about all the trends and action going on. It is Bet Online. It should be the first place you check every day before you do anything. When you need some information before getting in on uh, wagering or whatever you want to do, Bet Online, it is where the game starts be where you start your day. along here, Locked On SEC, one of our favorite guests that we catch up with just about every Friday here on Locked On SEC is our buddy Taylor McCarg from ESPN and uh, ESPN Plus and doing games every week, and he joins us now. Uh, Taylor, what's going on, man? Welcome in. Let's just jump right into it. Bryce Young and Alabama, they looked really good in week one in their win over Utah State, and we've got Texas and Quinn Ewers. They looked very good in their opener against ULM. This game out in Austin, where I know you live, does uh, Texas have any chance to hang around in this one at all, in your opinion? I don't think they do. I think Texas fans are comparing this in a lot of ways to when LSU came to town in 2019 and Joe Burrow and you know that offense for Joe Burrow and LSU, they end up winning the national championship. And Texas was right there. I think you know late in that game had a chance to, honestly, to win that game. This is not the same situation. Um, this Alabama team, top down, Utah State, you could have given them six or seven downs. It wouldn't have mattered. I think Alabama was not going to – they were not going to score on Alabama. And that's the issue for me is I don't know if Texas is going to be able to score enough to keep this close because Alabama is going to score. They will get theirs, especially against this Texas defense. Uh, I just worry about – Quinn Ewers in his second ever start 
there's a huge difference between Louisiana Monroe and what Alabama's going to line up with Will, Will Matthews and that defense and, or excuse me, Will Anderson. And what does that front seven look like? Um, I just don't know that Texas is going to be able to, to score enough to keep up. Yeah, you, you play college quarterback. There's always these big games that you find yourself in as a QB. Uh, what is the thought process if you're Quinn Ewers going to get up against those big guys up front, like you said, Will Anderson, Dal- Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell? If you're Sark and Ewers, I mean, do you just kind of need to block block that kind of thinking out? No, you got it. You have to get that out of your head, and you have to trust that your scheme and your offensive linemen will, and your running back, anybody involved in protection, that they're going to do their job and they're going to get you protected. The hard part in a game like this at any level is if you expect it to be a shootout and you think you're going to have to score points, what you're taught as a quarterback is, look, if it's not there, don't take a sack and don't turn the ball over. Get rid of the ball, move on to the next play. But against a team like Alabama, you have to score. You have to maximize your possessions. When you get in the red zone, you have to get points. And so you have that added pressure. And that's what I worry about in this game. Because, again, I I think Alabama is going to get mostly whatever they want against Texas on defense. The challenge is going to be, can Texas get a fast start, build some momentum? If there's a world where this is close, it's that Texas gets a fast start, gets a couple early possessions where they score, and then they can settle in and say, okay, we can score on this Alabama defense. But, man, I worry about if if Alabama jumps out to an early lead, this is the type of team with the, the losing streak they had last year. Momentum gets going in the wrong direction. This game could get ugly. Taylor, let's let's play hypothetical for a minute. What would have to happen in your mind if Texas were to try to pull off an upset? I mean, they're coming to the SEC. They're going to be here before we know it, and you know we're going to get some of these matchups regularly. But what would have to happen in your mind for Texas to pull off an upset of an Alabama? In order to beat Alabama, you have to get Bryce Young off script, and you've got to figure out a way to do what Auburn did to that Alabama offense last year, mm-hmm. screw up their timing, spend some time in the backfield, disguise looks. And these are things that you're asking a young defense for Texas to do that, in my opinion, I don't think they're capable of doing yet. They've got the guys on the roster and they've got the guys in this next recruiting class to win at a really high level in college football. But a lot of these guys don't have a lot of college starts yet. And that's the difference between what Georgia and Alabama have and what they built over time. Look at, Oregon, you talk about, you know, it's not Appalachian State beating Michigan, but Oregon is a really good football team, and they just got annihilated by Georgia. And I think there's a, there is a big difference between the top two or three teams in college football and everybody else. And to me, Texas is still part of the everybody else crowd. They're just not there yet. They will be. I really do believe under Stark with the recruiting classes they're bringing in, if they develop them the way that it looks like they are, they've got a chance to get back to – not only being relevant, but a dark horse for the final four every year, but they're not there yet. Um, I, I would, I'm in Austin. I think this city is a lot more fun when Texas is better. Believe me, I would love for Texas to get back to being relevant, but I just think Alabama is a two or three seasons away from where Texas is right now. Taylor, it, it's interesting. Uh, you know, if I asked you who impressed you most in, in week one, I mean, I can't get past what the Georgia Bulldogs did to Oregon. Now, maybe Oregon's not as good as maybe we thought they would be, but for all the questions about Georgia, the reigning national champs, all they lost, oh, 14 draft picks and all this, man, they still look pretty damn stacked. They did. You know, Jesse Palmer had an interesting thought. He said, look, I think Stetson Bennett, that's the best I've ever seen him play. And I agree with Jesse. I think that was in in 
all the wonderful things that Stetson Bennett did last year. I thought that was the best quarterback play that he's shown at Georgia. He was in command. He was on time. He was accurate. He was just he just mastered that offense. What Kirby Smart said after the game is right. It, I came across as a slap in the face to Oregon, but they just have better players. Top down, they have a better roster, and they lined up, and they proved it. And the, the only other guy that, I, that jumped out to me that I thought in the SEC really stood out was Anthony Richardson. I thought how he handled that atmosphere. I know it was a home game, but that Utah team is talented. That is a good defense that Utah brings to the table. And they still, I think they have a chance to have a, a really special year and win the Pac-12. But what Anthony Richardson did with his legs, uh, pretty good decision-making throughout the game. I know he didn't have, I don't even think he had 200 yards passing, but he commanded that offense really well. And that was a huge step forward for him. And I know now you talk about feeling yourself. I think Florida fans are really feeling themselves and have got a lot of confidence in uh, who they have at quarterback now. Yeah, and Florida with a big one this weekend hosting uh, Kentucky. We'll see if uh, Richardson can have that kind of success again. Thanks so much, Taylor. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds great, guys. I appreciate it. All right, that's uh, Taylor McCarg of uh, ESPN doing games on ESPN Plus, and uh, we'll check him out. Uh, as the season rolls along. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to make our picks for week two of the SEC. All right, let's get into it. We got plenty to run through of making our picks this weekend. Tons of SEC action to jump into so let's bring it on up let's take a look at the week two betting lines from our friends over at bet online and we'll start in order of kickoff started 11 a.m central on fox it is number one alabama at one and oh texas alabama a 20 point favorite look if this line creeps up at all to 22 i would jump on the longhorns to cover but that 20 line 20-point line is just so tough in my mind. I think Texas keeps it close at halftime. And by the second half, I think Alabama pulls away. Give me Bama minus the 20. But if it moves up at all, jump on Texas. I've got Bama winning 45-23. to 11 a.m. Central on ESPN. It is 1-0 South Carolina at number 16, Arkansas. Arkansas an eight-point favorite at home. I really like Spencer Rattler. I like the Gamecocks running backs. So we mentioned we'll see Christian Bill Smith a little bit this week. But I do not like their offensive line. Arkansas's defense, on the other hand, they gave up some big pass plays last week to Cincinnati. Another game that I think is close at the half, but I think Arkansas pulls away in the second half. I'll take Arkansas 30-20 to and covering that eight. Another early game, 11 a.m. Central on ESPN2. It is 1-0 Mizzou at 1-0 Kansas State. Mizzou, seven and a half point underdogs. Mizzou's run defense, very good last week against Louisiana Tech, but they are facing a different beast this week. And Deuce Vaughn, who's believed to be one of the better running backs in the country. I think Brady Cook comes back down to earth, gets a little humbled this week in a tough road environment. We'll be interested to see how they continue to work Luther Burden in, get him involved more. But I think Mizzou gets humbled this week. Give me Kansas State minus the 7.5. I've got them winning at 31-20. to 
12 Eastern on the SEC Network. It is number 23, Wake Forest at 2-0 Vandy. Vandy, 13-point underdogs at home. Look, I love Mike Wright, and I'm really rooting for Vandy this year, and I think they cover the 13, but I think they lose the game. Sam Hartman coming back for Wake this week. Give me Vandy plus the 13, but I got Wake Forest winning outright 38-27. 2.30 Central on ESPN2. It is 0-1 Appalachian State at number 6 Texas A&M. App State gave North Carolina all they could handle a week ago, scoring 40 points in the fourth quarter, leaving Gene Chizik in tears as the North Carolina defensive coordinator. Meanwhile, the Aggies shut out Sam Houston, but... Quarterback Haynes King was a bit of a mixed bag, and the Aggie run game wasn't all that impressive. I think Jimbo Fisher says, let's get back to doing what we do. Let's get the run game going this week, and I'll take the Aggies to pull away in the second half and cover the 19 points. A&M minus 19. I got A&M winning at 45-20. Eastern on ABC. It is number 24, Tennessee, at number 17, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, a six-point road favorite. I'm a huge Hendon Hooker fan, and he has thrived in this Josh Heupel offense. Still a little worried, though, about the Vol run game, and I definitely still have concerns for the Vol secondary. I think this one ends up in a little bit of a shootout, but I think the Vols get the big road win. Give me Tennessee minus the six. The Vols win it 41-34. to 34. 4 p.m. Eastern on the SEC Network. It is 1-0 Samford at number two, Georgia. There's no line on this one. Georgia gets to play a home game in front of their home crowd, but this will be one where you'll be pulling most of your starters by the second quarter. Big chance here to get to see Carson Beck or Brock Vandergriff or even Gunnar Stockton get them some in-game reps as the backup quarterbacks. A road trip to South Carolina looms next week for Georgia. 6 p.m. Central on ESPN+. Plus. It is 0-1 Central Arkansas at number 22 Ole Miss. No line on this one either. Luke Altmaier, he gets the start for the Rebels to show what he can do. If he impresses this week, then he'll be the starter over Jackson Dart moving forward. I predict Altmaier will impress, and I think he'll be the guy heading into Georgia Tech next week for the Rebels. Getting into the night games, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. It is number 20, Kentucky at number 12, Florida. Florida, a six-point home favorite. That line has moved a little bit. It was around five, five and a half earlier in the week. A lot of money starting to come in on Florida. I have some big concerns for that Kentucky O-line. I think they'll do a better job this week, given Will Levis some time to throw. And I think we see more Will Levis runs this week, like we saw in that Louisville game late last year. I think Florida struggles to run the ball a little bit more this week against a tough Kentucky front. But I think the Swamp makes a difference like they did a week ago. Give me Florida to win it 27-20. Gators cover the six. 6.30 Central on ESPNU. It is 1-0 San Jose State at 1-0 Auburn. Auburn a 23-point home favorite. Need to see T.J. Finley play mistake-free football this week. Make up for those two interceptions he had a week ago and use this as a dress rehearsal for the road trip to Penn State next week. If Finley struggles at all, man, I'd go heavy Robbie Ashford and maybe the Oregon transfer could steal this job moving forward. But I don't think Auburn struggles with San Jose this week. This week, I think they win going away 45-20 to and they cover the 23. 
6.30 Central on SEC Network. It's 1-0 Southern at 0-1 LSU. No line on this one, but LSU really needs to use this as a get-right game in front of a sold-out crowd in Tiger Stadium. A big game for the city of Baton Rouge with both teams living right there in the city. For the Tigers, they need to figure out their offensive line. They need to get Kayshawn Boutte some targets from Jaden Daniels and use this as a dress rehearsal for next week's home game against Mississippi State. And lastly, late night game, 9 p.m. Central on FS1. It is 1-0 Mississippi State at 1-0 Arizona. Mississippi State, an 11-point road favorite. Will Rogers looked fantastic last week against Memphis, throwing for 450 yards and five touchdowns. I think this is a great matchup for the Bulldogs. I mean, they're basically running a Pac-12 offense. I think they're going to score it, Will. Give me the Bulldogs big in this one. I think they win it. 51-38 state covers those 11 points. And there you have it. Those are our picks this week in the SEC. A lot of fun games in week two. And hopefully we're talking about not many teams going home sad and uh, getting upset this week. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. You guys have a great time watching all the games this week. Check out our friends over at Bet Online. Appreciate you guys for making us your first listen every day. Now you can go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts, whether it's the Razorbacks, whether it's Auburn, whether it's Bama, Georgia, Florida, whatever it is, just type, type Locked On and your favorite school. Chances are you'll find that podcast on our Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Chris Gordon. We'll talk to you on Monday, recapping all the action that happens in the SEC. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody.